this, the seventh episode of the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Ghouls Allowed. As you might have noticed, we are still without Jono, and I am giving uh, hosting a whirl this time. So um, I am joined this week, this month, I keep saying week <laughs> like Jono does. We are joined this month uh, by myself, Charlie Clark, and also Liam Banks as well. Hello. Hello, Dan. I'm also here. <laughs> it's not just Charlie in a room on, on my own. own. So, as we said last time, this episode, we're going to be talking all about killer clowns and our favourite scary clown films. But before we get into the meat of the episode, Liam, what have we been up to recently? Not just we you as... You want me to answer for you no. as well as myself? What have or? you been up to? Or we. You can talk about stuff we've done, but... I mean, what have you been up to? This time of year is is fantastic. So, I mean, we've been really lucky because we've had some time off together. So we've been doing quite a few spooky things. We've been going on quite a few adventures. As of recording this, we're, we're set to be going to Blackpool. And I know that we've got some things planned, kind of Halloween themed um, next month as well. It's been a really, really nice time of year for us to be kind of just chilling and, and, and taking it a little easier. We... If also Super Freak Media have released then a teaser trailer for Do You See It Too? So that has yeah, been confirmed yeah. as our Halloween short for this year. It is coming together really, really nicely. I managed to do some post work with Chloe, who was in the film. So we shot some more promo stuff and uh, did a little bit of ADR. And it was nice to kind of see people's reactions, you know, as we've been cutting the film together. So, yeah, I've, I've been super busy with that. We've got a lot of films in the edit. So that's been the main thing for me. Um, but what about yourself? Uh, well, like you said, we've just had... Well, we're in the middle of some time off together, which never really happens. Never. Um, but it's actually <laughs> super nice we're in the middle of some time off together because I've just got back from three weeks in Italy, mm-hmm. um, which for us, I think I mean, was, the last... I, I know that we the last episode we recorded was, like, literally just, just before a few I was days going. or so before you went, yeah. So. Yeah, so... Um, crazy. I think as a couple in the almost seven years we've been together, that's, like... It sounds mad to say that, but... It's the longest I think we've spent apart from each other. Mm. So it was it was an amazing time, and I always love my time in Italy, and I'm very grateful that I get to go and work out there and do the job that I do. But, yeah, I was definitely feeling the homesick vibes, I think, mm. by, like, the third week. I just yeah. wanted to come home. Bless you. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. you said you knew as soon as you'd be kind of coming home, it would be, like, autumn, Halloween, like, everything yeah. fun Yeah, so I was looking to, forward so. to obviously seeing you and getting back and doing spooky things for Halloween, yeah. um, which is going to be extra special this year because I'm actually about to start rehearsals for Scarefest at Bolton Towers. So anyone in the UK who's in the kind of Midlandsy area or if you want to drive a bit further, if you're heading to... Yeah, you should travel. This is Yeah, travel. Bolton Towers, yeah. Scarefest is cool. Incredible... Yeah, it's kind of scare maze attraction. Yeah, so um, if anyone's heading up to Alton Towers for spooky Halloween scarefest times, I mm. will be lurking about in a maze called Darkest Depths. Sounds spooky. Yes. And um, I mean, to add on to that, knowing again that Richard is actually alive, even though he's not here <laughs> recording this podcast, <laughs> um, myself and Richard will actually be going to record the press night again for yes. Alton Towers. So we're super lucky that we get these opportunities to, to work with such an established kind of thing. Like, like, I, I grew up knowing what Alton Towers was and knowing that they did these sorts of things. So getting to go around these mazes, like, on opening night and record celebrities going through and all of this, is it's an absolute dream come true. So I'm yeah. I'm excited we get to do that again this year. So I'm excited for you guys. It'd be fun to guys. see you in that maze and yeah. see people reacting to you. It's well. going to be cool because last year we did... Um, it was the first time we collaborated with Alton Towers mm. and I was filming 
with yeah. you on the press yeah, yeah. night. So we were very, me... very rainy press night. Yeah, I like was... I don't think I've ever been in such a such a wet <laughs> situation on on a film set. Yeah. So, so it's please just... insert your blue movie jokes here. But yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just me and Liam, and we headed up with a couple of cameras, and we filmed the press night for Scarefest last year, and then we had the joy of going back for the Dungeons launch yeah. Yeah. earlier this year, which was which really so fun. Good. Yeah, I mean, so much anything fun. spooky related that we get to kind of get hired for is always a bonus because that's something that we we absolutely love to get the chance to do. I guess moving on to the the next thing. Have you seen anything good then Have lately? Have I seen anything good? Well, I, like I said, I've kind of feel like I've been on another planet mm. for three weeks. Have you weeks. had much opportunity? I, I mean, obviously I've spoken to you, but for the people at home, um, have you had much opportunity to watch anything? <laughs> I mean, we. I mean, we're going to talk about it a bit more in depth. But I suppose the thing that I've seen most recently has been It Chapter Two, mm. um, which I really enjoyed. Other than that, I've not really had a whole lot of time between now and the last episode to actually watch a lot of stuff. Because because yeah. a good 95% of my time has been not in this country. And because mm. I was working, it's not like I was able to go and catch a film at the cinema or mm. go and just do whatever. And in the evenings, I was too tired to even watch Netflix. So I was yeah. just kind of putting something on in the background to to fall asleep to. But um, One thing that I know that we both have seen, though, that has only just started up again would be the new season of American Horror Story. Yes. So we did watch yes. the first episode of that. I mean, we have a knack as a couple. We we tend to watch the first episode of American Horror Story together and we're like, yes, this is <laughs> going to be a great season. And I know that usually by kind of like episode four or five, things get a little bit kind of weird or boring or <laughs> and then... Sometimes, obviously, they kind of, like, come back to being great again at the end. I mean, last season, I know you haven't seen Apocalypse yet. Which no, I haven't. It's Netflix. on Netflix, so it's on my to-watch list. I personally think that had, like, probably one of the best endings ever of a series mm-hmm. of American Horror Story, so I'm very excited to see what you think of that. But this season, uh, American Horror Story 1984, has just started... It ticked so many boxes for us, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It was there's so many references in there. There's references to Halloween. There's references yeah. to Friday the Thirteenth. There was yeah. in the music. It's very Nightmare on Elm Street the with the music, is so isn't it? Good. Like, yeah, I mean, there's vibes of like you said, Nightmare on Elm Street, John Carpenter. It's like little touches like that they've really perfected. And I mean, yeah. they are not holding back on the kills this season. No, either. not and at all. I know um, that Billy Lord obviously said that this was going to be one of the goriest seasons mm-hmm. ever. And from the first episode, I think four or five people kind of got the chop so yeah. that was that was really cool kind of getting to see that and so. I think the thing that I really like about this season looking at the way it's going to be I mean it might change is mm. seeing Emma Roberts as a more vulnerable character oh yeah because definitely. she always seems to be yeah the bitchier more kind of like yeah. you know we've seen her in Scream Queens we saw her in yeah. Coven even that Scream kind of, Scream 4 she kind of had that yeah, mindset didn't like, she like bitchy yeah. I, I'm gonna take everyone entitled, down yeah, yeah like entitled like well, spoiled again, girl watching apocalypse is a bit of a redemption for her character in coven so i think you probably enjoy that but yeah it's nice to see because she's obviously going to be taking on the role of the final girl i think that's kind of apparent unless yeah. they decide to like do a 180 and like pull the rug from under us and i don't know we might have a final boy whatever Maybe. it might be something different but i'm going to call this here because I know that, obviously, as the weeks go on, by the time we get the next podcast recorded, we'll have seen a few more episodes. Yeah, we'll be on like episode four or five, maybe. I think that we're going to have a, a twist a la Roanoke, and it's going to turn out that we're maybe on a movie set or something like that, because I'm curious to see how they're going to 
maintain this kind of trajectory for such a long period of yeah, time. Yeah, because quite a lot happened in that first episode. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to pull a Roanoke simply because they've already kind of done it. Yeah. I don't know. But that was episodes, that was series six and one series nine now. So we yeah. have had a few more series since then that have been just purely like narrative based. Mm. But I don't know. I think there's going to be something like that. And I'm kind of glad that if there is, they haven't said anything about it. Because I know yeah. with Roanoke, they kind of were like, well, episode six, everything's going to change. So we kind of all knew that maybe something, something different was, was going to happen. Yeah. So if they, if they do kind of uh, keep where they're going and don't tell us anything, I think I'll be a little bit more intrigued with that. Yeah. I mean, just to, to add to kind of things similarly to, to what I've seen kind of recently, uh, we obviously had American Horror Story, so that's TV. Um, on Netflix as well, there is a French horror for, um, horror series that's just come out called Marianne. Yes, um, I want to watch this. This is what we were going to watch this yes. together the other night, and then I think we both just kind of just, uh, fell yeah, asleep. We were, we were absolutely <laughs> I think we put RuPaul's Drag Race on instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to nice asleep. substitute, equally as scary sometimes. Yes. Uh, I actually finished the series yesterday, um, so I kind of like binged the, the episodes in about two days. And I, I don't personally have a problem, and I know that you don't really, with kind of foreign cinema. I know that it's a real no. big thing for people. And there is but I think if it's dubbed well, like we well, spoke about The Rain on a previous yes, episode, the, yeah. the Rain is dubbed incredibly, incredibly well. Like, it, it took me about half an episode to actually realise... That it was being dubbed. That it was being dubbed, yeah. because it is done so well, and it's not distracting at all. I mean, I, I personally don't obviously mind watching films in their native language and then just reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm quite comfortable with that. And when I first put it on, it was on the English dub version and I really didn't like it. So I actually ended up watching the whole series in French and then reading the oh, subtitles. Oh, has it got a dodgy dub? I don't think that it's necessarily dodgy, but as a filmmaker, when sound doesn't match up with lips, that really bothers, like, that, that bothers me a lot. So I don't me. know if that's something that I'll ever kind of be okay with. So I don't know. I'll see if I do start watching The Rain because there's two seasons of that now, isn't there? There is, yeah. I, I, again, because I've been living in another country for almost a month (laughs) i um have not watched any of the rain season two i did start to watch it um Mm. i think i just got through like the season one recap because it's been such a long time since i watched the first season that by the time the second season got released on netflix i'd completely kind of forgotten all the kind of the meat of what Mm. happens in season one but yeah how was marianne I thought personally, I thought it was it was really really great. It was really inspiring as well because it has that real European aesthetic to it, like mm. the approach. I mean, personally, I thought that the antagonist, so Marianne herself, when you see her, I think it's quite comical because they they have taken a certain approach where she kind of has these big bug eyes, and I just don't think is it, it a little works. bit Coraline in a weird way. Yeah, well, I guess, but, <laughs> but it's no kind buttons. of obviously realistic because it's it's not mm. animated. So where you can take those liberties. Is it practical liberties, or CG? Do you know? I think there's a lot of CG in there. Mm, that's um, disappointing. But there, I don't know. I think they've... Ultimately, it's kind of like what you see in a lot of short films. And I mean, we've been guilty of that ourselves, you know, particularly like with masks and makeup that we've used, where you kind of, you warp people's features and and eyes and things and there's a lot of that going on and I don't know again because I know that we've done it ourselves whether I'm a bit more savvy to that it kind of it was a bit of it took me out of the moment a little bit but what was interesting a little bit of trivia is that the demon that is kind of basically it's a demon that's controlling this witch and you don't really learn too too much about it but it's, make way for season two yeah literally <laughs> cliffhanger of the century the the demon that's kind of controlling this witch is called Beleth 
and Belath was actually the demon that we had in our Annabelle short. So I know for a fact when we were kind of writing that and we were doing that research, I looked into this demon and I like kind of researched all these things. So it was a bit nerdy of me, but like kind of when I saw like the sigil and, and stuff like in the show, I was like, I know what this demon is. I know exactly what's going on here. Demonologist Liam Literally, Banks. Literally, yeah, like forget the Warrens. The next Conjuring film is just about <laughs> Liam Banks. That's that's definitely what's going to happen. Yeah, overall, I, I mean, I'd be keen to see what you think of it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's got... I mean, a lot of people have conferred, um, compared it to The Haunting of Hill House in terms of how it is Again, I've only watched the first episode of that. That is another one where I have yet to complete. Yeah. I need some time. I mean, I'm very lucky with Scarefest. Yeah. It's kind of rehearsals, a few weekends. I've got some time off during a few of the weeks, and then it's like... Yeah hammer it out for I'll like two weeks you. i'll be like come on so as soon season. as yeah <laughs> as soon as i think i've got some time off between scarefest dates and maybe in november before i start panto mm. i'll be definitely piling through that netflix watch list oh no no definitely and i mean the the last thing that i would like to mention on the podcast which i think might kind of link nicely into what we maybe are going to be discussing next month is there there's an indie film that's just been released called haunt and it's produced by eli roth Essentially, I mean, obviously, you mentioning that you're working in a scare maze, and we love those. I know that we like kind of go every year. We've been lucky enough yeah. to do Orlando for the last two years. Um, Haunt is basically a, a film about a scare maze that then obviously turns out to be quite real. And there... I don't think I'm going to watch that pre-working in a scare <laughs> yeah, maybe, maze. <laughs> maybe you don't want to do that. Um, but I mean, a lot of films have tried to do stuff like this. Like you, for example, you've got the houses that October built. I know that there's Hell House, um, the, the kind of film series with Shudder. Um, there, there's a few, a good few kind of Halloween films that have taken that idea of what would happen if the guy with the chainsaw in the scare maze is actually a guy with a chainsaw and mm-hmm. you're watching your friends get like butchered next to you like, i mean that is such a like a meta approach to it and I, I in all honesty i think it's a really really cool concept but i think what they do with haunt is they take it a little bit further because you then find out to me the way i interpreted it was that the characters that you see for example there's a, like a clown there's um like a, a ghost um, there's all these kind of characters like a devil, uh, which is played by uh, one of the same guys who who played Baghead in The Strangers. So I mean, he has he has a nice. presence in every scene that he's in. But then you kind of find out that they're actually really these characters. So I don't know if it was just that they were deformed underneath, kind of like their their costumes or or, or what was going on. But there was definitely kind of like this kind of weird vibe that they were actually really creatures and monsters in this in this maze so i really enjoyed that yeah i, de- I definitely recommend obviously maybe for you once you've finished yeah um, maybe but, after but for people <laughs> who are gonna obviously be starting this halloween season and go into scare attractions all across the country I'd, I'd maybe check it out before you do that because you'll always have that thought then in the back of your mind like should this person be in here and should they be doing what they're doing well so. uh speaking of things uh not being as they seem and uh people maybe doing things that they shouldn't be doing there is something actually lurking in the corner just over there goddamn corner i mean it's following (laughs) us around i mean we we record the podcast in three different places over the times we've been doing the podcast and this corner (laughs) just keeps creeping up um so is it is it it what i think it is it, it might just be cage corner hey guys it's me your boy 
Sorry I can't be here again this month. Uh, my Achilles is still on the mend, but hopefully I'll be back very, very soon. Hope Liam and Charlie are treating you well, but I'm here in spirit, which I guess is apt for a podcast named No Goals Allowed. So, I'd like to chat about a couple of things this month before I get into the main meat of uh, my segment, as it were. I'm hoping Liam and Charlie may have uh, talked about, or are going to talk about, the new season of American Horror Story. I haven't watched one of these since uh, season two, so since the Asylum season. I don't know why, I just must have blinked and then all of a sudden they're on season nine. But... The new season, I am really, really enjoying. It's got a cracking 80s vibe. It's, uh, it's it's themed like a slasher movie from the 80s. There's lots of little references in there. My only kind of thought about it is, is how are they going to sort of, I guess, maintain this for an entire season? There's got to be some sort of twist coming midway through, and I'm really looking forward to to seeing what that might be. Another thing that I've been doing um, whilst I've been sat on the sofa with this with this Achilles thing. Um, I've been reading a lot. I've been reading Bruce Campbell's uh, autobiographies. He's got three out, I think, at the moment. Um, I'm, I've read the first one, um, and I'm on to the second one now. I, no, I've just lent it to Liam, so Liam can have a look through it. And I think it's, it's a brilliant book for anyone that wants to know about... I guess not just the Hollywood side of things, but also the, the independent circuit, breaking into film, making a film with your mates, just doing everything you can to get a film out there. Um, so it's an absolutely fantastic book for any aspiring filmmakers uh, who want to, to know what it's like making their first feature. But the real reason that I'm here is because of a certain someone So this month, Charlie and Liam gave me the task of coming up with Nicolas Cage facts based around the theme of clowns. Now, I've done my best, and I've come up with two sort of related facts that I think you'll enjoy. So being in the public eye, being a, a famous actor or anything like that, you are probably going to be more susceptible to a stalker than the regular Joe on the street. Um, Nicholas Cage is no exception. On the set of Bringing Out the Dead, he was stalked by a mime artist. Apparently the guy would just keep showing up doing odd things off camera, and Nicholas Cage said of the incident that it was silent and maybe deadly. Of course, only Nicholas Cage could be stalked by a mime. Second tenuous clown cage fact... When asked about comic book characters that he would like to play, this is post-Ghost Rider, um, he said he thinks his comic book days might be over, but he'd like to play Doctor Doom. But the more interesting one, an exciting one, is that he thinks he'd make a really good Joker. He said, it'd be the perfect one for me to go even more off the rails than I've ever done before. It'd be fun. Which... I think would be incredible. You can keep Jack Nicholson, you can keep Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Jared Leto, Nicolas Cage as the Joker would be incredible. So guys, back to you. Hope you've enjoyed Cage Corner this time. See you next month. 
So, Jono just told us something fantastic if uh, he did send something in. Well, if he didn't, this is going to be real awkward and yeah. Liam, you're going to have to edit it out. But hopefully we just had a very well. fascinating cage corner. But if we didn't have a cage corner from our dear friend Jonathan, I do believe, Liam, you have come prepared with your own Nicolas Cage fact. You are feeling, stealing Jono's thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that I'm anywhere near as... Uh, informed shall we say on Nicolas Cage <laughs> as Jono is but um I, I you know kind of when you're just trawling through YouTube and you find random videos All the like time. a lot of the time I like watch videos on like weird facts about films and one of the the videos that I saw was like 10 crazy sacrifices that uh, actors made for their roles so like for example in this video it talked about the guy that played Candyman Mm-hmm. He got paid a thousand pounds every time he was stung by a bee, and he only got stung twenty three times when he filmed Candyman, which is insane. But that's an extra twenty three thousand pounds. That's twenty three grand. He walked out with because he got stung by bees. So I mean, a lot of that was obviously real when it's kind of like in his mouth, on his face, all of that. So that's a nice little crazy. clause to have but written that's, into that's you. That's Tony Todd. Contract. That's not Nicolas Cage. So our dear friend Nicolas Cage, what did he do? Well, Something ridiculous. He starred in a film called Birdie, and being Nicolas Cage and approaching every role like he does, <laughs> he actually had to have some of his teeth removed. So he had baby teeth. <laughs> so I'm about to have the worst time because I'm terrified of dentists and anything teeth so weird. he had to have four teeth removed in total, and <laughs> he chose not to have anaesthetic so that he could then sympathise with veterans of the Vietnamese War, and Vietnam War, sorry, and obviously pain and things like torture and things that they might have gone through in those situations. So he did that so that he always always had this kind of, like, source of pain to refer to and kind of obviously inform his right. performance when he was on set. Personally, I don't think it was necessary. Right. When as somebody, Nicolas Cage As does. somebody <laughs> who has... Had to have teeth removed because I had braces as a child and I had a dentist who didn't quite give me enough anaesthetic and I had four adult teeth pulled out with not the correct amount Are of you numbing. Cage? I am Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I'm just oh going to unzip my, my Charlie costume. No, as somebody who has had an unfortunate dentist experience where I've not had the right level of anaesthetic injected into my face and then had teeth pulled out and felt it totally unnecessary you can bleep that out that is first bleep of the podcast we've done yeah, well we've done we've, well i think we've been going for a good few minutes now and yeah you haven't swore so well done i mean but uh yeah i mean uh, it's just do we expect anything less no but it's just unnecessary I isn't just it would have loved to have been there just to see the dentist reaction when the guy's like right okay so we're just going to give you the anesthetic then now and then he's like no no and you can just imagine he just gave him the nicholas cage eyes and was like <laughs> You're doing this without. How would you feel as, like, a medical professional doing that to someone? Oh, it's just a whole thing. Like, but anyway, we love Nicolas Cage on this podcast. (laughs) Do we? Well, (laughs) me and Jono love Nicolas Cage. Two-thirds of the podcast love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So, moving on from the absolute batshit mentalness that is Nicolas Cage... Into more batshit mentalness. Into a different... (laughs) pie of batshit mentalness let's get on with the 
the actual crux of the episode, which is mm. killer clowns. So we mentioned earlier on the podcast that we've both, well, I've seen and Liam's seen it twice now. We went to see the new It Chapter 2 film. So we're going to mm. talk about that and how it stands up next to the first instalment of the yeah. It remake and also um, how we think it compares to the original TV movie mm. of It with Tim yeah. Curry because yeah. I know people have got big lot of opinions about <laughs> how yeah. it compares because I'm not going to lie, when I first saw that they were remaking it, I was mm. firmly on the stance of no, no, get gone, yeah. this is unnecessary, we don't need this. Yeah. But my mind has been firmly changed. Mm. I don't prefer the remake, I just think it's got something else to offer. Yeah, which I is that's nice. a good way of looking at it. So you went to see It Chapter 2 while I was in Italy. Mm. And then, because I hadn't seen it, when well, yeah, I got I mean, back... You, you needed, you, yeah, you definitely needed to see <laughs> I it. I needed so, to watch it. To be fair, like, I mean, even not taking into account the length, because obviously the length it's is very, very similar. It's very long. It Chapter 2 was basically horror fans' Avengers Endgame this year, I think. Yeah. Like, that was the film that people were looking forward to. The hype was real from, obviously, the first one. Like, I, I, I was super lucky that when I got to see the first It uh, Chapter 1 film, I was in L.A., and there was literally like the house was built in Hollywood. There was red balloons, like literally everywhere. So jealous. Like the sewer grates had like graffiti on, um, you know, like to indicate that a clown had been there. Like there was like red Ugh. red patches around, like just random sewer grates. Like no. it was absolutely insane. Like and the fever, like literally in Los Angeles, was crazy for this film. Mm. And I mean, it ended up being like the the highest grossing horror film ever, and it still is. And in all honesty, quite rightfully so, because to me. It is a near perfect kind of film for what it was wanting to do. Like, yeah. I, I obviously grew up watching the '90s TV series version. Mm -hmm. As you said, little on the fence about obviously seeing that they were doing a remake because Tim Curry, Tim Curry, is literally <laughs> just God. So I didn't really want to see anyone else doing that performance. Yeah. And especially, obviously, knowing that he was not in the greatest of health as well, it it, it just didn't feel like what. Right yeah, doing it felt that. like not an appropriate moment yeah. for that to be happening. But then, like you said, I went into that. Uh, I knew kind of a little of what to expect having seen the TV series, having read the majority of the book. I will say I've not read all of it. Yeah. But I, again, pretty much know kind of the, the ins and outs of everything. Mm -hmm. I think that they did an absolutely fantastic job in It Chapter One, and the kids were fantastic. Yeah, if couldn't you have cast... Stranger Things, then... Couldn't have cast better have kids. easily kind of transferred that love of, mm. of those characters onto that. So, yeah, it, it ticked so many boxes for me. That meant, though, however, that the expectations for Chapter Two... Were, were hella high. so high. And I mean, even from the trailers, I could gauge that this was going to be a film that I wouldn't enjoy as much. Mm -hmm. And I think fundamentally, the reason for that is when you're, for example, with It Chapter One, and I think this is where obviously the miniseries fell down as well. When you're in a, a position where you're forced to look at everything from the perspective of a child, when you're then seeing an adult clown, which isn't an adult clown, it's obviously this evil entity, but it's still an adult, mm -hmm. that, that could so easily overpower a child. And literally you see these stories of obviously children going missing and, and horrible things happen in real life. So that naturally, I think, gave it that edge where you, you didn't really know what was going to happen and you did feel terrified for these kids. And yeah. there were so many scary moments in the first one. I definitely will back you up on that. I think yeah. the first instalment is so much scarier yeah. and I think it is for that reason because it is kids in peril yeah 
it's just it's just scarier because like yeah. you said you are forced to see it through the eyes of a child and it is there are a lot more jumpier moments. That yeah. being said, though, It Chapter 2 is not short of scares and not short of moments no. that make you go, oh, no, that's not The strongest bits, okay. though, however, are when we get the flashbacks of the children yeah. and we get the, that extra bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. I mean, to give an overview, because I assume that if you listen to this, you will have seen It Chapter 1, because I think everyone's seen It Chapter 1. And you yeah. most likely have seen the TV series as well, because, again, I think it was very much a kind of a rite of passage. Like, Pennywise is up there with those icons, like Freddie, Jason, Michael... Yeah. as being like one of those things so I mean to give an overview of chapter 2 it's ultimately 27 years later the members of the Losers Club that have left Derry then come back to Derry because Mike has stayed there he explains the reason they don't remember anything is because they've left Derry mm-hmm. but he has used his time in Derry whilst obviously Pennywise or It has been in this kind of slumber to gather as much information as possible about it so that they can defeat it the twist kind of comes that Beverly in the first one was the only one who actually looked at the creature in its kind of natural form, which was the deadlights. She's then now got this insight to see ultimately the fates of these characters, so how they're going to die. And mm-hmm. they, I think that was an interesting dynamic. And I mean, it begs the question because you always see these people in these horror films make bad decisions. And I mean, we're guilty of it ourselves. Like, I mean, you, <laughs> for example, in Best Friends Forever, oh my just God. make the worst right. decisions. I but... love the YouTube comments and I love how invested <laughs> people get in our films. And it's great that you guys take the time to comment. But please stop telling when my character is stupid. I know she's stupid. I know <laughs> that if that was film. me, I would have been out that house. I would have been smashing windows. I would have been getting the f*** out of there. I would not be pulling sheets off no ghosts or walking around taking Spoiler Polaroid pictures. She, she does this. In Best Friends yeah, so if you haven't seen Best Friends River, <laughs> my character makes a lot of stupid decisions. But by yes. the by, <laughs> with with it chapter two, the characters then pretty much immediately, as soon as they're in Derry, are like, right, well, we need to leave Derry then because we don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. But then because they know that if they leave, they're not going to then be alive necessarily the next time this thing comes back. Mm-hmm. They then have to stay and they have to yeah. face their fears and and I, ultimately that's obviously what drives the plot. Do I think it should have been as long as it was? No. See... I think it was way too long. I didn't feel it was... I mean, it felt long, because it is bloody long. It's nearly three hours. But I didn't Mm. feel the length so much. I don't know. I I thought it was quite... I think it was paced quite Maybe nicely. Maybe because I've seen it twice, as you said, because I, I caught it, obviously, before you got back and then mm. I went to go see it with you. Maybe I, obviously, was a little bit more aware of kind of what happened kind of when and the pacing and, and, and things. Yeah. But I think there are some moments where they do kind of drag. As we said, they do have to stay in Derry, but I think still some of the decisions that are made aren't the most logical. Like, they do all have to split up to retrieve, like, these trinkets for this ritual. Yeah. To me, that like, their argument is that they have to do this because they were alone initially, when they, yeah, when when they, they initially kind of found faced Pennywise yeah. and found each other. To me, that doesn't make sense because surely, knowing what you know and remembering what you remember you'd know that you don't want to kind of mess around with this killer clown on your own. <laughs> and ultimately, it leads to them all having their own kind of, like, scares with this this entity again. Yeah. So it's great because it means then that these characters are seeing their own fears again, which is what the first one's very yeah. much about. But 
I, I don't know. I, I don't personally know how I do it different, so I, I can't no, criticise. But, but I think from I an actor's point right. of view, if I was reading that script and I was going, it, it's nice that every single actor mm. got their moment to shine. I mean, obviously, Apart like from Mike, though, really, because Mike was the only one who didn't. We didn't really. I mean, there's clips in the trailer yeah. where he would have gone back to the property that burnt down with his parents mm-hmm. inside that just aren't in the film. And I know that the director has mentioned he's going to be doing a director's cut because apparently when they first cut the film together it was like four hours so there's a ton more footage there's tons more footage from the first one as well Mm. that I know they're wanting to kind of include so I think there's going to be like some super cut which most likely will come out in like a year's time there'll be like the Lord of the Rings extended versions on 13 flipping DVDs absolutely yeah I do think it was nice that we kind of got a bit of every single actor because I think Mm. if you look at the cast list there are two incredibly bankable stars at the top of the cast list, and mm. I think it would be it would have been very very easy for them as a studio, as a you know production, yeah. to go right. Well, let's give everything to James McAvoy and Just, Jessica Chastain. Thank you. So yeah, it would have been quite easy for them to Sorry, say. I thought it was coming to you, so I didn't want no, to interrupt. No, I was <laughs> I was thinking for some reason I had um, Christina Hendricks in my head, but that's yeah. Um, just... That's something completely different. (laughs) I was just thinking, ginger actresses. But yeah, I think it would be quite easy for them to go, right, well, they're the two most known Mm. stars. Let's give it all to them. And they they didn't. They got the most developed scenes. They did, but I think for me... And I think you agree. The person that actually really steals the film is Bill Hader. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's absolutely incredible. He is everything in that film. Yeah. I love him. I mean, I I only really know... I'm not a big SNL fan. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. I know you know him from SNL. I know him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. And his character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I actually rewatched the episodes (laughs) last night with Bill Hader in as Seth Dozeman in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And his character is so different obviously yes. he's only really in it for i think he only survives like half an episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn he, he do, do too well. um but it, it was yeah. nice to see and like there are some really heartfelt lovely lovely moments and i mean that's it i, mean, I think you see him more as a comedy actor yeah but, like some of the stuff he i mean a lot of the film he goes through quite a lot of it i mean if you've read the book you'll know it's what his ca- yeah and it is hinted at i think they they take it and give it wings in, in yeah, this film but which it's is not, good it's not like considering the opening <laughs> Uh, as well. Yeah, the opening is quite shocking given the fact that the, we then make this discovery about Bill Hader's mm. character. And I... It was nice because it wasn't, like, made horrendously obvious. But yeah. his character goes on quite a journey. And I really like it when you get to see actors that you know them for a specific genre. Yeah, but kind of going out of their box. Going out of their box. Like, Melissa McCarthy's done it more recently. I think, obviously, we know her from, like, Bridesmaids and Spy and, Well, yeah, she got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, and she got nominated for an Oscar for, I can't remember the name of the film. I'm doing dreadfully on this podcast with names. The one with Richard E. Grant will go with that. Yeah, Yeah, um, (laughs) and she got nominated for an Oscar um, for doing this really serious, emotive drama. And I do think it is really nice when you get to see um, actors stretch their kind of acting muscles. is, is definitely branching out and like obviously doing a lot more than kind of these bit parts in comedy films because I mean mm-hmm. I've seen him in like films with like Amy Schumer and things like that and yeah but he was in um, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and, wasn't he yeah I mean he's, he's kind of all over the place like just doing like kind of weird bit parts but then in 
uh, SNL, like he does steal the show. You like particularly in like sketches that he's in with like Kristen Wiig, like that to me is just like golden mm-hmm. age SNL comedy. Like it's amazing. With the film, as you said, he goes on quite this transformative journey, and I think he does an amazing job. And I know in like the interviews that because they've done so much press for this film, like it's been insane seeing how many different news outlets have like spoken to them. And yeah, they always ask Jessica Chastain the same question, like about the blood scene and all of this. Mm. And, and, like, he has just been pure chaos in all of these interviews. So I think... I love it. Genuinely, he'd probably be one of the best people to work with, like, both on and off screen. Like... Yeah. Like, you could tell that he would just be absolutely amazing. And to me, yeah, he made the film. Like, he, I think... I don't think that, like... You know, in the first one, obviously, everyone was talking about how great the kids were, but they were, like, Pennywise, like, steals the show. Like, he's so good. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård is just absolutely incredible. But then, yeah, I think Bill Hader kind of came back and was like, do you know what? I'm going to, like, make this role, like, incredible. And yeah, like and he does. Said, the, the film itself is a film that really has these quite emotive and serious moments. Well, which you went to see it with... due to the length. But, yeah. But, yeah, so, sorry, you go up. No, I was, I was going to say, you went to see it with... I mean, I very nearly was in tears at the yeah. end of the film. I know you went to see it with um, our friend Tonya. Mm. Hey, Tonya, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but I know you said that she was... Sorry, I'm outing you as being a horrendous no, cinema no, I, crier, I, Tonya. I mean, she, um, <laughs> she just looked at me and she was like, for goodness sake, I'm crying at a horror movie. Like, what's but going yeah, on? But, like, yeah, like, and I, I've, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't cry, to be honest, mm. because I cry at everything like the yeah. slightest thing will set me off and i was sat in the cinema and going oh my god this is actually really sad in all honesty though i think that i mean that that would maybe i, I think i might talk about my problems that i had with it because like go on that was part <laughs> of the issue that i had was the fact that obviously we get this really nice closure scene at the end yeah with the voiceover of obviously uh, stanley and then the other losers kind of come into it as well but it's ultimately that um, Bill, uh, James McAvoy's character Bill, is then reading not a suicide note, but a suicide note that's been left by Stanley because he realised he would not be able to overcome his fear and face it again like he did in the first one. So he basically removed himself from the equation by killing himself. Now, Spoilers. I, I, but I don't think it was necessarily a spoiler because, again, if you've seen the TV series or, or you've read the book... See, you, I you hadn't read the, the book. ...of certain characters, yeah. so I, I knew that going into the, the film anyway. But, but I, again, I still think that they did that, like that moment and the way that they did that was really, really good. Yeah. But I can remember the moment in the original TV series and obviously this was before I read the book so I don't know if that had any impact but I found that truly harrowing mm. like the facts because I can remember I think his wife comes in and discovers his body and like, you don't you really see really the discovery under- do you no you didn't really understand obviously why he'd done it so much whereas obviously in this one I think because they knew they were heading to a chapter two, they kind of really like laid it on thick. Mm. Like this character is the weakest out of the bunch, so therefore, and I like that they tried to obviously polish it and be like, well, he isn't weak because he's done this because it's he's sacrificed yeah. himself, not that he was scared. But yeah, I, I I I had a bit of a problem with that because I think that was making that character's decision almost like this positive happy thing and like obviously it's devastating mm. like this character's died and so i don't know i had it i had an issue with that but i also had an issue with the amount that pennywise was in the film like i didn't <laughs> i think the scenes that he was in weren't as powerful maybe because we already knew what to expect yeah but it made me miss tim curry in all honesty in this one 
like I think the opening mm. was fantastic. I think I the had a problem with the Pennywise amount of times the they were good. Yeah, I don't like the amount they CG'd Pennywise oh, in this. Don't even there's get like, me started. There's it's this like ultra ridiculous. ultra close up of his face, and then it looks like he's well. It's when some... he kind of towards the end, and he's not necessarily Pennywise. No, it's anymore, it's not that. that. No, 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 not that. It's oh, this a bit, bit slightly before. Oh, I don't the, know if it's. The, the the statue after the statue there. yeah after yeah. the statue he kind of it's the poor the scene. statue yeah so that the statue is great and it's bloody terrifying yeah, I did that, not like that, that at all that made me think of the projector scene you know when Penny uh, was like yeah, huge like yeah. playing with scale like that and like Scared. just jump scaring you with like this giant and thing. the background just, no, acting in that no. scene as well like the people that just kind of stop like yeah. I don't like that like I yeah. really hate it when you're watching a scene and just shit happens in the background yeah like not like a creature's creeping in the background but when there's people in the background and they start doing something ever so slightly bizarre yeah like something it just makes something seem off yeah like the whole thing and yeah, yeah. it was just after that scene obviously Bill Hader is freaked out. He's ran off, and Pennywise is talking about exposing his dirty little secret, mm. which we. But again, I, I just found that like almost comical, and that should have been a really serious moment. Yeah, and I uh, think it's because of the CG. Uh, because yeah. he kind of comes running, you kind of get his face like directly in the middle of the screen, mm. and then it does this kind of weird. I can't... It's not the best way to describe it, but the only way I can describe it is it's like he had some kind of strange stroke. Like half his face... I don't know why I'm demonstrating this because no one can see it, but it's like half of his face just kind of goes... Yeah, again, like like I said with obviously the Marianne thing earlier, they they just warped it to obviously try and make it seem scarier. And I mean, Musietti, who did Mama, and obviously it chapter one has this kind of flair for these characters that have these weird faces obviously we had yeah but it would have been much scarier in chapter one if he'd have just so i don't know whether it was kind of ran trying up to the to, camera i i don't know if it was trying to allude to that and i mean obviously th- that was that was a choice so it we'll, was we'll go a, with that. an interesting choice um but yeah i definitely agree with you in terms of the over-reliance the final, on cgi the final bit was just i, I mean mm. i think we all know from the first like iteration that we'd had with the TV series and reading the book that we were going to get an it spider so we were going to get like this spider character oh that was which, the worst see right so I didn't have a problem with that it was really. the bit with the spider leg just kind of goes and comes oh. out of the eyeball oh no no so you're talking about the bit with Stanley so there's the Stan oh. spider and then there's the Pennywise spider yeah no that not the Pennywise spider. The, Stanley spider the Stanley spider there's this friggin' horrendous bit where this spider leg just kind of protrudes out the corner of his eye and I do not like things with eyes and I do not like spiders so mm. it, that was not a Lovely good scene homage though to, to the thing, the thing. Yeah. and I mean Bill Hader's uh, Richie says the exact same line that the characters yes. do in the thing when they react to the spider leg head thing kind of sprouting so I thought that was absolutely amazing but you that, were talking to, about the finale I mean you know that that was a good kind to me that felt almost practical like there must have been some practical elements with that yeah. spider, that the Stanley spider scene because I'm obviously it's over if they Bill kind Hader's of, head. James McAvoy was hanging on to something. I'm wondering if they green screened. Obviously, well, yeah, I mean, the actor's with, with body Stanley, when he's doing his dialogue, mm. he would have been, or he'd have been like buried in the set or something yeah. like that. But the I didn't have a problem with that necessarily. And the bit where you kind of like see the spider up in the rafters, I thought looked legitimately terrifying. Like oh, I wasn't no, that thinking was like okay. this was CG. But, for example, when Beverly has her flashback and she goes back to the Marsh house, but then it's the Kirsch house and we've got Mrs. Kirsch. Again, I thought in the TV series, the original, I don't know if it's because I watched it when I was younger, that absolutely terrified me because 
I don't know. It, it then just cuts to like the the cup of tea is then just all blood. So she Blech. drops that, and then Blech. the old woman has transformed into basically what looks like her dad, but without any eyes, dressed as an old woman. And it was terrifying. And I, I can remember that image of this person just with like no eyes, just really sticking with me. Mm. And of course, we we pretty much get the entire scene in the trailer for it, chapter two, don't we? Yeah. Like, so we get to see a lot. So we kind of knew what was coming. But then this weird CG witch, like, kind of crawls out of the kitchen. And I'm like... I must say... That's absolutely ridiculous. The bit that follows it before Beverly leaves the house... The bit with, with Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård yeah, yeah. Is horrendous. Did you, did, so you, did, you, did you like that? I liked that bit because, it, again, it felt more practical. Well, it, I, I think it was. And it probably was, but it just... The stuff with it, the... Like, but, why did we need... Why couldn't we just have a taller lady like nude with prosthetics on being creepy why did we need like this thing that looked like a playstation character like running after her like it, <laughs> playstation not, one or two did it not make you think of like uh, like left for dead or something like that yeah no it, it, just, it, it felt ridiculous it felt it felt really completely took me out of it i was not even remotely scared no it, it felt it did feel more comical than shocking yeah. and scary and i think like if you think about like kind of that kind of warped horrendous character i can't help but think of wreck wreck is like my point of reference for that kind of scary character and that didn't feel at all like that the the girl in the attic in wreck scared the absolute crap out of me when i first watched it funny that you mentioned that played by javier botet Mm -hmm. who actually played the leper in it chapter two so interesting so he and he played mama and obviously a lot of the things that you'll have probably seen that you you know but why couldn't they have used him the crooked man from conjuring all of that is, is him so they used him for the lapper. But why couldn't they use him for this? Don't get why they didn't use him then for the old woman. It doesn't make sense because like, the, just, the CG yeah. was comical and obviously she is nude. And mm. there were a lot of people that when we saw it in the cinema thought that it was f***ing hilarious. And yeah. it shouldn't have been hilarious. It should have been like, oh no. Well, yeah. I'm not okay I mean, with obviously this. Obviously, we, we've gone quite in depth obviously with this and there are spoiler alerts. But I think there were a few moments due to the visual effects that made it quite funny. Yeah. Particularly, obviously, then when they overcome Pennywise, which also ultimately obviously is a twist on the the source material i know that they couldn't really have Derry being completely flooded and destroyed as it is in the book they couldn't have some weird space turtle swoop in and be like i'm gonna save the day so i'm glad that they did deviate in the ways that they did and i liked yeah. the pennywise spider like i thought that was genuinely really good but that was a bit of cg that didn't feel hokey and weird well no because i mean obviously you don't really have a point of reference with that so i guess no. it's kind of a bit different whereas you, you have know, to suspend reality a little bit. I know this sounds weird, but ultimately we know what a naked woman looks like because we've probably seen it in well, other horror films. most of us do. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, like I said, there were some moments where legitimately people were laughing when they shouldn't have been. Like, yeah. particularly at the end where they overcome Pennywise, which ultimately becomes, like, they have to just bully him until he's a baby. Like, but then his head, when it goes into, like, this weird marshmallow thing and, like, plops down, what a f- load like that is absolute trash that is it just looks absolutely awful and to say that you've spent two movies and particularly this one a lengthy bloody movie trying to get us and convince us that we should be scared of this character to then just have his head plop like a a bloody (laughs) wet balloon it's ridiculous. It did, so feel, it did feel like so a very strange ending for... Obviously, Bill Skarsgård's interpretation of Pennywise is 
pretty f***ing cool. Like, yeah, the, the really first good. one, really good. the first film is really good. And obviously, he does have really good moments in the second film. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it did feel like a bit of a crap ending for such a character that I imagine mm. he's... Well, obviously, he's put a lot of hard work and dedication into Yeah. But now we've kind of got to, like... We've pretty much discussed the entirety of It Chapter 2. Yeah. Question... Chapter Tell me what, what? Do you think about... Sorry, I had to jump in there and be Beyonce for a moment. Beyonce, is that you? Beyonce. Um, chapter one or chapter two of the remake? Uh, chapter one, definitely, is the stronger entry, 100%. But okay. I think we've discussed it because it's from the kids' perspective. Yeah. Plus it was all new, so we didn't really know what to expect. Remake or TV? I mean, the second half of the TV show version is pretty much unforgivable in every <laughs> every possible way but like i said there are moments that i think worked better in the tv show version yeah i think like, a lot more of that's done practically as well though and i think well yeah i mean they didn't have I, I think the problem with it chapter two the one that we've just is got, the reliance on cg well i think it's the fact that there was no one saying no like they had <laughs> such a budget for it they had access to everything i mean even the kids were de-aged so we're getting like marvel level visual effects in a horror movie which you don't hear of i mean it had scaled to see if that's maybe something we i don't know we see in the future halloween films i know that they were Mm -hmm. talking about maybe bringing loomis back in cg form so similar to like star wars marvel so i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that's something that's pretty much unheard of in like in a horror film so yeah the horror fan and filmmaker inside of me was like yes this is a a, a film made on whatever budget ever but i think the problem was that they didn't have anyone saying no so it just became an abundance of of bad decisions yeah and i think because obviously the first one did so well yeah so so well well. yeah the studio is naturally going to be like right well we'll triple everything we gave you and just make sure we get triple the money back but the thing is they probably have because everyone had such high expectations like you Mm. were saying from the first one that everybody went to see the second one um i I think i I read that obviously the first one has the biggest horror kind of uh, box office i think this has come in third at the moment there's still i think going to be a release in china set to come i think they'll probably yeah. obviously edit a few things for that audience but um overall i think obviously they're going to be pulling in similar numbers. yeah i mean i personally i preferred the first one mm. in terms of favorite characters i think that overall out of the two entries to the remake bill Hader, nicks yeah. All the prizes for me, but I do think the hokey CG lets See, chapter two down. I loved Eddie both in it chapter one and it chapter two. Yeah. So for me, Eddie, I think was my my favorite character, and I mean, I believe as well the gazebo's line was like an improvised kind of thing as well, which I, I think that's like one of the moments that you really remember from that film. Yeah. So that is absolutely insane, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of both actors who kind of portrayed Eddie, and I think they did a, a brilliant job. And they look so scarily similar as well. On that, though, didn't they? Like, yeah. I mean, you literally have the shot where they fade for like from one yeah. eye to the other, and like, yeah, that's it, it's crazy. It's very well cast as well. I think that's something that yeah. they have done really well in chapter two. Oh yeah, is, definitely. If you look at the kids, and obviously you do get the lovely flashback moments back to the kids, you look at the kids and you look at the adult actors. Mm. It's very believable oh, that yeah. all of those children could grow up into being. That I, I think the only one that was maybe a little different was maybe James McAvoy, like. But though I think visually, I don't think he had not the, not as well. But I do think but, yeah. like it is still believable that he yeah. could have grown up into James McAvoy. So we have talked the talk about it. Mm. 
Let's have a very quick run through some of our other favourite killer clown films. Yeah. So, I'm going to bring in a quite an old one, and it was actually a scare zone at last year's Horror Nights. Going to just keep dropping in Horror Nights stuff until we Horror go Nights. back. Well, Horror it's Nights, a scare Horror zone Nights. at Horror it's, Nights it's got, last year, but it's, it's got, got its, its own maze this year. Yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now, I caught this when it was on television late one night as a child. Well, I say a child, I was probably about 12 or 13. <laughs> and... I used to have a real fear of clowns. I did not like clowns. Yeah. Mostly because of Tim Curry's Pennywise. I yeah. didn't like clowns. So then when Killer Clowns from Outer Space was on television, scared the crap out of me. Did not like it at all. Yeah. As I've kind of grown up and working in scare attractions and having been in a circus-themed scare attraction for work yeah. for two years, my phobia of clowns kind of disappeared. So when we mm. actually came to Horror Nights last year and... Killer Clowns from Outer Space was a scare zone. Yeah. It scared me less, but still pretty freaking terrifying. Mm. Um, I must say. So, I don't know. Killer I, Clown film. I thought. Well, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I yeah. only watched recent, more recently after experiencing the scare zone. So, I mean, I went into that scare zone not really knowing anything. I know that there was people who were kind of saying, "Oh my god, they've got the cotton candy cocoons. They've got this character. They've got that." And I mean, it's it's basically just silliness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's absolute trash. But, but as a child who's got a, yeah, kind of fun trash. So accepting it at, at what it is, I think it, it's kind of mm-hmm. fun. I I personally don't have any kind of phobia or fear of clowns. I can never have. Like I personally don't really see what the big deal is. I know that I think. I, I did have a friend at school, and this was quite funny because I think I won like a reading competition or something. So I got given tickets for the circus. Oh wow! That was like coming into into kind of like town. And I mean, as we're recording this as well, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are like circuses in town at yeah. the moment, which is so creepy because obviously it's come out <laughs> and like circuses have turned up. So people are going missing. Be on your lookout in the Midlands. <laughs> yeah, I invited him. And he decided to tell me, like, when we were at the circus, that he had this massive phobia of clowns. Did he cry? He did not have a good time. <laughs> and, I mean, I kind of, like, asked him about it. I was like, well, what is it that, like, makes you so wigged out by clowns? And he said to me, it was, like, the fact that they paint on these features. Yes. And you don't know, like, what they're thinking. Yes, and, like, yeah. They're that... smiling all the time, but they're not smiling. That's, and, and that's what got me. I think the problem was that he just didn't know who the person was and what yep. they looked like. So that, that was exactly I the same for me. It's that like painting mask yeah. kind of sitch with like serial killers we love. Like I mean, mm. the serial killers we love in like fake movies. I'm not talking like John Wayne Gacy, real clown killer. <laughs> like no, <laughs> but no. I don't know. I mean, there's an abundance of killer clown films, and in mm-hmm. all honesty, more often than not, they're absolutely terrible. Well, um, we watched a uh, trailer the other day. This is just a little nugget yes, that sprung yeah. into my brain. Well, no, um, I, th- I think I caught this trailer because I think I was searching for like killer clown films. And this well, came up. we went to visit Jono the other day. Um, yes, hello, Jono. Hi, <laughs> um, because he is still with um, broken Achilles. Honestly, he looks like Robocop now. <laughs> like from the waist down, he is fully cyborg. So I mean, bless him, he's doing crazy. pretty well. Um, but, yeah. yeah, he's still, unfortunately, a little bit incapacitated. Indisposed. So um, Liam decided to share this glorious nugget of a trailer with us called Clown Nado, and that just looks mm. hokey and ridiculous well, and I mean, stupid. I think you, you pointed this out. The current trend is that they <laughs> just add Just shove Nado. something in a tornado. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, duck Nado, <laughs> that's probably going to be next. Just ducks everywhere. Ducks I'm fine with. Goose Nado. Geese Nado, <laughs> no. Geese Nado, I'm staying inside, I'm getting in a cellar, I'm cementing the door shut. 
done. No, right, okay, not so geese. We know how to get rid of Charlie Clark then now. We just need to get geese and some wind. Um, <laughs> I hate geese so much. <laughs> I mean, like, well, like I said, I was, I was doing some research, uh, kind of thinking about the films that I'd kind of seen. I think more recently, one that's been a hit amongst a lot of people has been Terrifier, which is a fairly independent film uh, mm. by a guy called Damien Leone. And I was familiar with his work from an anthology film that he did called All Hallows Eve. And I was familiar with that work because we also did an anthology film called All Hallows Evil. Evil. <laughs> so so obviously kind of like I, I stumbled upon his work just because he was also putting out short films before he like branched into mm-hmm. feature films. But he, yeah, so he, he made a film called Terrifier featuring a character called Art the Clown. Now, Art the Clown is, I think, genuinely terrifying to look yeah, at. Yeah, no, so I don't like the look of him I think at the all. design, it's the, the simplicity teeth. of it, everything, yeah, is absolutely spot on. The film itself is just like pure grindhouse trash. Like, the gore, the kills... The, the, the bodily fluids that you see are just absolutely vile. What? So, I mean, it's that sort of film. If you're wanting to see a film like that, mm-hmm. um, then that would be a, a film I'd, I'd probably recommend. I know that they're... I don't know if the, the the funding page for it now is still running, but they are running, like, a GoFundMe kind of campaign at the moment for the second chapter. Mm-hmm. But I think they, like, exceeded, like, their budget, like, within the first, like, kind of two days. So Yeah, I think there's a lot of fans super, of that super film. popular. Like, mm-hmm. Trick or Treat Studios have released masks. There's, like, official costumes out for it now. Like, and that that's so inspiring to see, like, an, a fellow indie filmmaker yeah. go and make a film and then this character and this icon kind of be generated from that. So. I mean, it is pretty cool. I mean... It's, yeah, it's it's amazing. Speaking it's really cool. of fellow indie filmmakers, I yes. think we'd have to give a bit of a shout out to uh, Myco Entertainment and MJ mm. Dixon's Cleaver Killer Clown. Yeah. And the sequel, which is out in stores. All good stores that All stock good. all good films. <laughs> yes, good stores that stock good films. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Cleaver's is out now, and that's a nice little indie mm. grindhouse esque. Not quite yeah. as grindhouse as. Uh, as maybe terrifier, as mes- is, but yeah. yeah, terrifier. But it's definitely got that grindhouse edge, and obviously, I've had the pleasure of working with MJ and his team this year on mm. Pandemonium. So super nice to give those guys a shout out. So if you are looking for a nice British mm. indie clown film, Cleaver, although it is set in America, yeah, so, it's set in America, yeah. but also it's but British talent are behind it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, go do, check do that out. It there. is available in. I don't think stores that you. I ever told you this, but I actually knew of MJ a long long time ago like as in like when I just first started out on on YouTube and I can remember because I think I subscribed to him he subscribed to me and this was this was like before Super Freak Media was a thing like this was when I was like doing things on another channel and I I just always remember because he had the logo that kind of looked like the Jason mask with like the red eye and, and stuff so I mean that again has been super inspiring to kind of see a fellow filmmaker who unfortunately I've only met like once in person but MJ I, I love your work and I love like your work ethic and even though you've kind of you've started your own family and you've you've got all of that going on now like you've not lost sight of that and you've just announced Slasher House 3 as well and yes like so excited for that that's amazing so like keep doing what you're doing because for people like us and hopefully obviously for you as well it's just great to be a part of this community and keep inspiring each other and it's so cool going into like places like asda and hmv and and seeing seeing your your dvd there also 
Well done, man. I'm like, gonna I'm gonna so wave the flag for the horror wives out there. Mm. Anna also plays yeah, a huge, huge yes. part in everything, um, producing wise and yeah. like the work she does, like when we did Pandemonium, she was set to pop. Like yeah. little Ash was That's almost it. ready to come and greet us into the world. That's what people and, don't see though, but it's yeah, because we she love was, horror so much. Yeah, and like, yeah, she's you know I mean? she's an absolute boss and yeah. she's amazing. And I know that I kind of look at those guys and kind of look at me and and you and I kind of see a lot of parallels. Obviously, we're not quite at the starting the family stage. We have cats. We have the cats for now. But yeah, it is really inspiring when you do see fellow filmmakers and just genuinely nice people as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. That get to make their films and, you know, celebrate their wonderful lives with their families and mm. kind of are doing really well so yeah. big up to team Maiko and I don't think we could actually go through a Killer Clowns episode without well, well just before you get to that because I know I know where you're heading yeah. there are maybe a couple more that I just wanted to mention okay I don't know I don't think you've checked this out yet either but again this is a gem that's on Netflix so if you're getting into the spirit of Halloween and kind of getting into the spooky time of year then now there is a film online um, or on on Netflix Netflix, sorry, called just Clown, and I don't know. I don't think you've. Seen I this, know. I've, you? I've seen the but trailer I've for it. it. Yeah, and I know you mentioned it. I'd probably say that's probably one of my like kind of favourite clown films. Um, it basically tells the story of this this guy who's throwing a kid's birthday party. The clown doesn't turn up, so he goes into the attic and finds like this clown costume. Naturally, I'm just sure puts this it is going to end well. Basically, you find out as the film goes on what he's put on is not a costume. It's actually the skin of a demon. So, <laughs> of he, course it is. He can't. He can't get this this thing off. And I mean, similarly to it, chapter two, and it chapter one, I guess to a degree, it does not shy away from killing children on screen. <laughs> it is a film that is filled with death of minors. <laughs> so, Excellent. And particularly, I think a standout scene for me. I mean, obviously in America, I think they have like chains of restaurants called like Chuck E. Cheese. We have like, can you remember Brewsters and like yes. you have like the Tumble Towns and like kind of things like that. You know where it's like soft play centres that yep. are attached to restaurants. So they have this like thing in in the film, and this kid's part is obviously going off, and then. The, you're following this kid like as he goes through like these tunnels and these slides and then there's just this girl who's like you don't want to go up there <laughs> so the kid naturally just goes up there and, and it's just death yeah this clown basically <laughs> this guy just turns into this demon because this oh, suit's taken no. over and um yeah let's just say it ends with an absolute wave of blood just coming down this kid's slide into a ball pit and there's just body parts it's it's absolutely everything you could possibly want so for me that's a great killer clown film that is very very different to maybe some of the ones that we've mentioned kind of so yeah. far so I'd, I'd, I'd check that out I know you, you mentioned you wanted to see Stitches as well yes which is because I'm a big fan of Ross brain. Noble and as a comedian so I'd be quite interested to see him in a in a clown film, so that's going to be on my I don't think it's necessarily list. something that will scare you. He is certainly a killer clown, and I think it qualifies, but um, <laughs> it, it's very tongue-in-cheek, very kind of, uh, like, weird. Just It's just, just very, very odd. There was, as well, a film that I watched, and this was absolute years and years and years ago, 
and I'm just trying to find the name of it now. Oh, I can't for the life of me think what it was. I, it, it was something like One Miss Call or something like that, but it wasn't the One Miss Call film. Mm. Um, but in that was, kind of vein. But what was unique about it, I mean, it stars Sean Pertwee, so obviously he plays like the janitor who's basically like this wraparound character who, who gives us this, this kind of story of what's going on at this school. What was unique about it was that it was a film that was actually released on mobile phones. So it was sent to people, like, on their phones. That's really cool. It was then released on DVD as, like, a feature film. But it was... It was... Yeah, it was so, so, so weird. And, I mean, it had some, like, really weird, like, moments in it in terms of, like... Basically, they wished for something and then this clown would, like, kill them. They'd get their wish. Like, for example, one of the characters wished that she would lose so much weight. The way that it ended up happening is that her arm then ended up getting cut off. So then when she got on the scales, she'd lost that amount of weight. So, like, it it was kind of Uh. like a, a moral sort of story and, like... There was people, like, exploding and, like, all this kind of crazy stuff. I'm, I'm just trying to think what it, it what it was called. When Freaking Evil t- Calls. So when it was evil very calls. similar to when Well Miss Call. But, yeah, When Evil Calls. I mean, it's classed as on IMDb as a TV miniseries. But this was back in 2006. So this was, like, the golden age of when everyone had oh, yeah, the razors flip phones and flip phones. And the, and yeah. I think I had one of those uh, freaking Sony Ericsson Walkman phones. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> when I mean, I was that age. I can remember just watching it and... It felt, like, really unique, but what was great about it was that it was kind of like this thing. It was all happening at, like, a British school, and obviously Mm. I was at the age where I was then at school, and it was was really, really cool to to kind of watch. So, um, yeah, I, I... I wouldn't necessarily recommend checking it out, but it was kind of cool at it the time cool that it got the released time. the way it did. Yes. But, um, yes. Well, as I was going to mention... Before you were rudely Before I was me, rudely interrupted. Sorry. No, because there are some really great recommendations there of stuff uh, that's maybe a little bit different to yeah. what we would normally expect, but I don't think we can go through a clown episode without talking about House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. And um, the very sad news this week that um, Captain mm. Spaulding's Sid yeah. Haig unfortunately passed away. Now, yeah. I think from what I've read online, it was from a long-term illness. Yeah. I mean, Bob I don't Zombie think they've kind officially of released, Yeah, Bob Zombie said. kind of said, because obviously From Hell has just been released, which is Three the from third Hell, part. Yeah. yeah, Three From Hell, sorry, has just been released, which is the third part of his trilogy. So yeah. you've got House of a Thousand Corpses, which is very silly and I think very different than the others. But Captain Spaulding is... And then you've got from the Three from Hell. Yeah. The three that are featured in the film don't actually include uh, Sid Haig and that was due to the fact that the studio couldn't get kind of uh, insurance for him. So mm-hmm. obviously there was something going on. Yeah. Um, and I think they had like one opportunity to kind of do this like super gorilla, just film a bit. So, and he said that he wanted to obviously make that kind of like yeah. his last thing um but yeah captain spalding absolutely iconic character mm-hmm. and i mean at horror nights this year you've got the house of a thousand corpses may uh, mazes uh, at hollywood and orlando i, I, I kind zones. of like to think that maybe he got to see a little bit of that because yeah. obviously horror nights has all kicked off i really hope yeah. he got to maybe see a little bit of that because mm. what what an amazing thing as an actor to have created and brought well, to life his, such an iconic his career character. Spanned absolute decades. I mean, like, he, was he was eighty, acting, wasn't he? Like, 
I think as far back as the 60s, I'm sure I read, mm. like, he was acting when he was, like, super young to, like, now. But he always kind of said that Captain Spaulding was, like, his character mm. and his thing. And, I mean, a, a lot of our friends obviously got to meet him at, at Horicon yes. when, when yeah. he was there. Unfortunately, I think that was a year that we didn't go. I think so that was maybe the we, year before we, we started. Kind of started going to conventions. Yeah. Um, but I mean that just shows you like how precious it is and how valuable it is to go yeah. and meet these people because all of these people uh, that we meet I mean we're sat in your room right now and I'm like looking at pictures of, of you with like Corey Feldman Dee Wallace and yeah. they're all people that we got to like meet mm-hmm. and they're people that have all been part of films that have shaped us as, as creators yep. our lives everything and I don't know although it was obviously super sad news and I think I'd kind of read rumblings of stuff the week leading up to it, so mm-hmm. I kind of I wasn't surprised when I saw that he'd passed away. Obviously, it was very sad, but it, it's so wonderful to like see the people around us who love horror and film fans and stuff really kind of salute this guy and yeah. and say, do you know what you? Because in all honesty, the film itself is so schlocky and it could be kind of considered as like kind of awful in a lot of ways, but. But there's a lot it of love in that a film. a lot of people, yeah. and it made people feel a certain kind I mean, of way. I'm, I'm I would a big... have loved to have gone through his museum, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Like, that would have been absolutely insane. I... Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of love for Rob Zombie. Not necessarily yeah. what he did to Halloween, although I do find his interpretation of Halloween interesting. I like interesting. his aesthetic. I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> um, but I'm a big Rob Zombie fan in terms of music, and, yeah. you know, House of a Thousand Corpses was... This, I watched it after I watched Halloween. It, it, you know, it's 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 what it is. Mm. It's a great film in many ways. Like you said, it's quite hokey. It's a little bit yeah. strange. Devil's Rejects definitely goes very much more down a serious path. Yeah, and obviously, I I still have yet to see Three from Hell. So, yeah, but, um, but what yeah. what a character to to leave oh, behind. Absolutely. Like what yeah. what a stamp to leave. But that's it. I mean, these characters just endure, don't they? Yeah, um, and the thing it, like, is, he did that later still on in be his career. Up as him, like ten years from now at Halloween. Yeah, and people and, are still gonna mm. know who Captain Spaulding is, and yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's he's a great character, and I think um, from a lot of people we know that have met him, and a lot of people that oh, make yeah. films, he's um, a wonderful person as well. Yeah, so, definitely yeah. a wonderful person, and I know that he's definitely going to be very much missed within the horror community. So um, yeah, we salute you, Sid Haig, uh, you scary, scary, <laughs> creepy clown dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big love to Sig- Sid Haig and his family and friends. Yeah. So, to cheer us back up after that little sad interlude. Sombre moment. moment, um, Because the spooky season is upon us. And because... Thank you. (laughs) uh, Because Halloween is just around the corner, I think our next episode is going to be talking all about the Halloween, Halloween franchise. franchise. Yes. Because what else would you talk about on Halloween? Well, yeah, I mean, Um, obviously as well, I think it's... It's, you, you can't talk about anything else, yeah. can you? Really? So like, the next episode we're going to be discussing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be discussing the Halloween franchise. It's remakes, it's reimaginings, it's sequels. So the many I've got ways a lot. You can watch Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the many ways in which to watch Halloween. Yeah. Um, but before we depart, I think it would be really cool since we've got about a month to go until the big day. Mm. Um, some Halloween recommendations, maybe classics yes. or maybe newer things that we've watched. Yeah. So, do you want to kick us off with your first recommendation? for spooky season yeah i mean obviously yeah by the time that the next podcast comes out 
it will be upon us. So these are kind of, I guess, things we we would say check Watch out from now in this until next then. month or yeah. so to get you in the in the zone. So I think it's I've got a bit of a mixed bag. I've got some ones that are kind of like childhood favourites, and then I've got some ones that are obviously more adult yes (laughs) Um, but uh i mean obviously first off i'd start with halloween the original 1978 original get your research done for the next episode (laughs) and watch that film and see how kick-ass laurie strode is and how creepy michael myers is and also big up to john carpenter because we got to meet him and he's really on halloween yes (laughs) so cool um we'll probably talk about that in the next episode because i don't know if we've actually mentioned that on the podcast no just just massive clang name drop we met john carpenter at halloween a few years ago on actual halloween Halloween night and he played the halloween soundtrack clang Clang. (laughs) um so nice first recommendation my recommendation number one is possibly one of my favorite films ever I quote this film all the time. I feel that I am growing <laughs> into one of the characters as I get I don't think older. You're growing. I think you're just her. I already. am already a Sanderson sister. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, get out and stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm of course talking about Hocus Pocus. Um, nice little kids film, but classic. Well, you say that. But... I was not allowed to watch this film. Like literally, <laughs> I love this I, story. I watched it for the first time at uni. Because what is wrong with you? I don't know. I think my mum heard the story that someone's tongue got stolen in the film. I think she was getting confused, obviously, with something else. But, like, I don't know. I can remember I got lent it, and this is how I'm showing my age now. I got lent it on VHS, and then what? I never watched it, because it was that and Scooby-Doo as well. So, I mean, obviously, two films that we absolutely <laughs> love now. And, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it. It was like, no, it's going to give you nightmares. Well, look what happened. (laughs) Well, for me, Hocus Pocus and Labyrinth were probably two of my favourite films growing up. And, yeah, look where that got me. So, I love the Sanderson Sisters. I think everyone loves Hocus Pocus. If you don't love Hocus Pocus... Get out. Please, get out. (laughs) Stop listening. Stop. Unsubscribe. (laughs) Don't bother contacting us ever again. Now, Hocus Pocus is amazing, and the last two Halloweens we've actually been to Disney... Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and got to see the villain show, which the Sanderson sisters make a glorious return. Return. Yes. And it's just, I love everything about it. I got blown a kiss. You did by Sarah. Sarah Sanderson blew me a kiss. She probably wanted to take me away and put me in a cauldron, but (laughs) I was fine with that. Come, little children, I'll take the away. Yeah, I'll stop saying that. Musical interlude in the podcast. Okay. What's your next recommendation? I'm going to go with a kid kiddie favourite then uh, at the moment The Halloween Tree Now I have not seen this it's based on a story by Ray Bradbury I'd love to read the book like I need to get my hands on the book and again this was something although it's a kids film I only watched probably in the last couple of years because I was like do you know what why aren't I like just watching all of these like 80s and 90s <laughs> Halloween films that are absolutely awful but obviously have a special place in a lot of people's hearts? It features the voice of Leonard Nimoy again, another uh... great person who isn't with us any longer. His character is super creepy, but when I tell you it's like old school 80s looking like animation, I mean, I think it was late 80s, early 90s, it, it came out as a film. It's um, again, tells quite a, a serious story, but absolutely so heartwarming so amazing these kids dressed up in the halloween costumes going on this adventure to try and like rescue their friend yeah absolutely brilliant it is a cartoon 
but yeah, you should definitely check I've it out. I've just got a bonus one, which I am, which I feel from your description. I mean, I don't know if it's on your list. Can I look at your list before I say it? You can. Oh, no, it's not on there. Okay. I'm going to just drop in an extra one before I give you my number two. Monster Squad. Yes. Monster Squad. Not really Halloween-y, though. No, but very much Features Goonies all the monsters, and all the monsters. Basically so. Goonies versus Universal Monsters. Yeah, yeah pretty Stan much. Winston so. had an absolute field day doing the makeup on that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good okay. one to check out. But my number I two... I like that. That's a good choice. That was that was a bonus. That was a... Bonus. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Bonus. Bonus film. Bonus. Um, so, my next recommendation is actually from a TV series... One of the best TV series ever. And if you disagree, please unsubscribe and stop listening to the podcast. Well, we've lost literally anyone <laughs> that was listening. No, because everybody, literally, I know so many people that love this TV series. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, every yeah. year does the Halloween heist episodes. And when I tell you they are the thing that I look forward to <laughs> most in each season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Yeah. They are amazing. They're always a lot of fun, and they always have a little twist and turn that you don't yeah. expect. Um, not going to give any spoilers away, but the last one that I watched... The feels. The feels yeah. were real. Yeah. I don't think the later series that they've got not in the States... Is, no, not spooky, but, but a lot of There's some Halloween fun. decorations that are up in the background, so yeah. it qualifies, yeah. so deal And with there's pretty much always some kind of crazy Charles Boyle Halloween costume yes or oh yeah some yeah, kind definitely. of weird yeah. goodness You've so got to look forward to yeah that. there's a there's those so go check those out they're a lot of fun next one i'm going back to kind of adult then uh, <laughs> on this one uh night of the demons so again another kind of classic 80s horror film yeah i mean what what can i say absolute killer soundtrack killer makeup effects just absolute just 80s everything amazing and uh yeah the character of angela is just Halloween goals when you're <laughs> going into a weird house and performing a seance. It's probably what you want to happen. Of course. <laughs> um, my next one is, uh, again, another TV series, probably a little more spooky than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, definitely a lot more spooky than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season yes. four, the episode named Fear Itself. <laughs> it's actually, Liam pointed this out, I didn't realise this, actually the house from American Horror Story, Murder House, yeah. that they go into, and obviously the house kind of forces them all to separate and their kind of worst fears become real. Uh, Oz kind of starts turning into a werewolf, and a lot of horrendous like stuff. spiders and There's spiders, and like yeah, there. Willow has all the spiders on her. I know Xander is kind of dressed as James Bond in this episode, <laughs> which is quite a lot of fun. Great episode, hilarious ending, uh, with the demon that you think is going to be the most terrifying thing in the world is actually... Like, two inches. Two inches tall. Yeah. Um, it's like, no! Fear me! <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun. And really kind of old school. I think it's classic cool. Buffy, and Yeah, it? classic, yeah. quintessential Buffy episode. And who doesn't love Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I mean, to, to add to that uh, as well, so I've got a bonus then now. Oh, it's not, not Halloween-themed, but, again, stems from an experience I had. Like, every year, my mum used to always, like, buy me a trick-or-treat bag that would, like, have some kind of Halloween gift in it. Oh, I so love I'd have, like, Halloween candy and stuff, but I can remember I got, like, a pop-up Dracula book when I was a kid, and, like, each year I'd get something new. And one year she bought me, like, the greatest hits of Buffy. I've um, got it. The, it's on my yeah, shelf. The, the I can DVD. see it. And there is one episode on there, which is obviously, for me, uh, hands down, is the best episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever, and that would be Hush. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. Again, I think that's possibly season four as well. Um, I think season four had a lot of good... 
In fact, I'm sure it is, because I think I watched it recently. No spoilers, but in inspiration for Do You See It Too? So ah. I definitely check out um, Hush as well, um, because that's that's a good one. Another one that I would recommend then uh, checking out in terms of Halloween film, again, going back to kind of a kiddie sort of choice, would be Halloween Town. Again, it was something that I was kind of seeing, like, people would watch when they were younger. I mean, I'm an absolute sucker, you know, for YouTube, going and finding, like, 90s Halloween commercials and <laughs> just putting them on in the background, like, while I, like, work and stuff. And then I, I think I saw a trailer for, for this because it was, like, next on so-and-so, Halloween Town. And I was like, do you know what? That looks, like, so bad it's good. I actually found out as well last week that the town in which it was filmed, I think, is an area in an area of Portland in America. Interesting. They throw an annual Halloween fest which lasts all year every day of, of uh, not all year sorry all like month oh i think and i saw they, someone shared this they on facebook. literally make halloween town like a reality there but and I, you that's can go on travel and list. experience it there's like the pumpkin statue everything so uh, and obviously this was with carrie fisher's mother in it as well she kind of plays like this witch Again, kind of giving you Sabrina vibes, kind of pre-Sabrina, but... Amazing. Yeah, I definitely check that out. Another bonus one, you've just mentioned it. The Chilling Adventures of... Sabrina. Sabrina. On very Netflix. Good. On Netflix, very cool. Series bonus one. one. Uh, yeah, awesome. Check I need to finish series two. Uh, we've oh. chucked in a lot of bonuses. Oh, yeah, we should probably start. <laughs> um, yeah, my next one on the list. Again, not necessarily Halloween, but a nice classic feely Tim Burton... Um, classic tale of headless horsemen and horrendous horrendous horrendousness words could not speak then uh sleepy hollow yeah it's probably one of my favorite films of all time yeah i mean i love sleepy hollow it's one of those films whenever it's on tv i'll always watch it. oh yeah and i i always forget how many like amazing british actors are in it yeah michael gambon's in it i can't remember his name but he played Vernon Dursley in Harry Potter. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, he gets can't remember his name. His head rolls um, hell, it? Obviously, Johnny I mean, Depp's in he it. Gets beheaded is probably the most common thing I could say. Yeah, about them. Miranda. Walken yeah, well. Christopher Walken's in it. Miranda, Miranda Richardson's Richardson. in it. Um, yeah, there's so many people in that. And again, uh, Christopher Walken. The first time I watched that film was probably about fourteen. Scared the crap out of me. I think, again, I was probably far too young when I watched this film because I always remember the scene with the... um you know, the, there's that the lamp that's spinning with the silhouettes of like the stars. Oh, and then and the head the of the comes in, gets the yeah. dad, then the mum's hiding in the corner and the kids under the floorboards, and then you think the hand just well, comes. You, you just through. see her head, obviously, like her eyes just like look through the cracks. Terrifying, absolutely genius. And then, yeah, when the hand comes through and grabs the kid, you're like, Oh no, I tell you the bit that got me was no when when they're telling the story, when um, Christina Ritchie's character is telling Johnny Depp's character about the Headless Horseman, and you get like that flashback of him in battle where he's like, yeah. with the sword, and I just remember him turning his camera and the teeth. There's something yeah. about like unnatural really, teeth really in films. I really want to go and watch Sleepy Hollow now, so we can probably go and yeah, watch Yeah, we'll probably go and watch that. But I mean, I, I've got my last one then now, and I mean, it wouldn't be Halloween without watching this film, uh, and that would have to be uh, Trick or Treat. Um, yes. The anthology film, which hopefully we are going to get a bloody sequel at some point, because it was announced, they had this whole yeah, presentation, where, where it was like, number two's coming out, but then... Michael Doherty got really busy having to go and do Krampus and then Godzilla, so I guess I'll forgive him. But yeah, please get back to writing another one uh, because I want to see Sam come back and I absolutely love that film. 
so much. It's the Pulp Fiction of horror. And mm. for me, like, I, I think I watch it at least, like, twice before Halloween. Like, I, yeah. I have to. It's I just, love that. It's so orange, it's so warm, the colour palette, the music, the whole... Like, and... And practical effects. Yeah. Not much CGI in there, if at all. And so, we yes. also got the pleasure of doing the maze at mm. Horror Notes. Was it Horror Notes last yeah. year? Well, there was a scare zone the first year, so similarly yes. to Killer Clowns, how they've done that. Yeah, so there Horror Nights 27, zone. there yes. was the scare zone. Horror Nights 28, in Orlando, there was the scare maze. And was it was incredible. just everything. Like, it it was, had, like, the full, like, sunken bust. And yeah, then it was like walking everything. through the film. Uh, it oh, literally it felt like you were walking Absolute through the film. Magic. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, my final one, again, and I've realised it's another television thing, so I've got three, a five. You're balancing it out. I mean, Richard isn't here to be talking about podcasts, so you might as well <laughs> An audio book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, Stranger <laughs> Things season two, yeah. obviously. They dress up as Ghostbusters. It's Halloween. There's there's lots I mean, of fun yeah, things that, going on. The whole season's pretty much like Halloween. autumn. Halloween, yeah, everything. so... Yeah, we love Stranger Things. We've got... Yeah, we're a bit obsessed with Stranger Things. Yeah. So, yeah, go and watch Stranger Things if you haven't already, but of course you've watched it already because everybody's watched Stranger Things. Yeah, it's not really niche anymore, is it? I did actually have a thing, talking about my time in Italy very, very quickly before we wrap up. When I went to Italy, I was teaching some kids in my first week and um, we were doing our showpiece for the end of camp show and some of the kids were like, Charlie, Charlie, can we do, uh, can we sing in the show The NeverEnding Story from Stranger Things? And I was like, You can yes. sing The NeverEnding Story from NeverEnding Story. Yeah, you can sing it. It's from <laughs> NeverEnding Story, so you can sing it from that, but sure. But yeah, all the even like, it's it's crazy how many people like all over the world just love Stranger Things and oh, I, yeah. I had quite a, a few conversations it? like uh, yeah. to me I think that's like this generation's like Star Wars or whatever like that's genuinely yeah. going to be something that well it feels because it's TV I think it's, it's like yeah it's it's a bit how Buffy the Vampire Slayer was because yeah, I don't yeah, remember sure. many of my friends not sitting down on a Sunday evening after having their like preschool bath <laughs> on a Sunday night watching oh Buffy gosh. the Vampire Slayer. I remember watching Sunday The Simpsons. Nights, you had to go in early. You had to have that bath, and then you were like, yeah. "I've got to be in school tomorrow." Quickly yeah. scribble the homework down while Antiques Roadshow's on. Then it was The Simpsons. No, I remember watching. Antiques Roadshow, Last of the Summer Wine, Heartbeat, oh then it was The Simpsons, and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on. Jeez. Yeah. You've lived Sunday a life. nights. You've lived a life. <laughs> Sunday nights with my dad. Good memories, good times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like we said on the next episode, because I think we've talked for a very, very long time. Yeah, on this I can't episode. wait to edit this. Good times. <laughs> um, so, we're going to talk about Halloween, the franchise, and all things Michael Myers, John Carpenter, and spooky things. Let us know on social media if you have watched any of our recommendations and please get in touch about your feelings on the Halloween franchise. Do you like the remake? Do you like the sequel? Hmm, interesting. Mm. We will all find out on the next podcast. So, until next time, keep it creepy and we will see you on the other side. No, we've kind of hammered it out. Yeah, I think we've. I think we're just too efficient for this now. 
Yeah. Maybe this is the suck blooper. It, Jono. Yeah, suck it, Jono. <laughs> Jono makes us. It's easy what we can do without you. <laughs>